You're familiar with the account of Peter denying that he was associated with Jesus. But Peter's denial of Jesus is an important reminder for you. It should remind you of how carefully you need to guard your relationship with the Lord. It also serves as a reminder of the wonderful grace of God. He stands ready to forgive you and restore you from even the worst of sins when you turn to Him in repentance. Stephen called this lesson, The Rooster Crowed Twice. As we set sail today in our wisdom journey, I want to slip back into that cold courtyard where Peter is warming himself by the fire. You may remember that all four Gospels record this particular event, and I don't think it's because they want to bury Peter in disgrace, but because the Lord who inspired this record has a lot to teach us all about Peter's failure. And I believe that's because Peter's failure resembles our own failures at times. Now, Jesus has been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Peter, along with John, have followed the soldiers into the high priest's courtyard. John has some personal connections, and he gains access into that warm house. But Peter's out in the courtyard, shivering alone in the night air. Now, three scenes unfold for us here. The first scene is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 26, and I'm reading from verse 69. Now, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. By the way, notice she doesn't refer to Jesus as Jesus the Messiah, or Jesus the miracle worker, or even, you know, Jesus the rabbi, but Jesus the Galilean. Now, we know from history that referring to someone in these days as a Galilean was a slur. It was a a put-down. It was a criticism. Galileans were considered in these days to be uneducated and backward, especially to the Jews who, you know, lived in the city of Jerusalem. So catch this mocking tone in her voice here as she effectively says, so you're one of the disciples of that ignorant carpenter, aren't you? That's what she means to say. Verse 70 then goes on to say, But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. Imagine just hours earlier, Peter's ready to take on 600 armed soldiers, but now he's caught off guard by ridicule. There's a principle to learn in this. Here it is. Being courageous in some big battle doesn't guarantee victory in a small battle. See, Peter was prepared for a big sword fight out there in the garden He's not prepared for a little servant girl. Now, the second scene takes place sometime later. John's gospel will tell us that Peter's been standing and warming himself out there by that charcoal fire in John chapter 18. And at that point, Matthew's account here in chapter 26 adds this event here in verse 71. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. These servant girls, just (laughs) they just won't leave Peter alone. You could render Peter's words here. I swear to you, 
I do not know Jesus. There's another principle to learn at this point. Here it is. The safest sheep in the flock are those who are closest to the shepherd. See, Peter here is moving in the other direction. Perhaps by now he's heard the yelling, the threatening of the religious leaders there inside the house, and and the tension is mounting. So Peter thinks, you know, I'm going to put a little distance between myself and the Lord, and maybe I'll get out of here alive. Now he's, he's moved further out in the courtyard. You know, maybe today, beloved, you're under pressure because of your faith in Christ. Well, well let me tell you, distancing yourself from Jesus might, might bring you some temporary relief, but it's setting the stage for a greater failure. Now we have this third scene. It takes place about an hour later. Luke chapter 22 tells us that another accuser speaks up. John chapter 18 tells us specifically that this person was related to Malchus, the man whose ear Peter had lopped off back in the garden. Well, the news has evidently flown throughout Jerusalem, and they've already put Peter's mugshot up online. John records that this man says to Peter, did I not see you in the garden with him? Well, with that, other people chime in. Matthew's account adds here in chapter 26 and verse 73, the bystanders said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. See, he has a Galilean accent. Well, then Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. Well, Peter is frankly cornered. But instead of confessing Jesus as his master, Peter now offers the strongest denial yet. Matthew's account tells us that this includes repeated loud cursing and swearing, which indicates uh, the crowd has turned on him. It, It implies that there's a yelling match going on now between Peter and the crowd. Matthew writes this here in verse 74, and immediately the rooster crowed. Now, let me bring up at this point something many Christians aren't aware of. Mark's gospel account in chapter 14 and verse 72 says, and immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Well, the liberals love to jump on this as an error in the Bible. And as we've already learned in our wisdom journey, combining the gospel accounts gives us the fullest storyline. These eyewitnesses simply focused on different details. The rooster crowed once after Peter's first denial, as Mark 14, 68 tells us. And by the way, this is God's gracious reminder to Peter. And and it should have been a reminder that provoked his, his memory, and it didn't. He ignored it. And now, after Peter's third denial, the rooster crows again. And as Mark states in verse 72, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. By the way, in the Old Testament, two witnesses were needed to prove guilt. It's as if Jesus is allowing this rooster to provide a double witness to Peter's failure. So picture the scene uh, at this point in the narrative. Inside that house, Jesus is being falsely accused, spit upon, beaten, and mocked. Outside, Peter, his closest disciple, 
is now cursing and swearing that he does not know Jesus at all. How tragic. I'll never forget reading of a young mother who rescued her little baby girl when their house caught on fire. She fought her way through the flames into her daughter's bedroom and pulled her out into safety. In the process, her hands were were terribly burned and her face permanently scarred. Well, that little girl grew up to become a, a popular teenager, and when her senior class took a boat trip, her mother volunteered to come along and help with the meals. One afternoon, the girls were out on the deck, and they began talking about that woman's scarred hands and face. One girl asked, who in the world is that ugly woman? Not knowing her mother was near enough to hear, her own daughter said, I don't know. You can feel the sadness and pain, can't you, that that mother felt that day? Well, Jesus certainly felt it inside this house. In chapter 22, verse 61, now Luke writes that as soon as the rooster crowed, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now, maybe it was through an open window or a doorway, but at that moment, their eyes met for a split second or two. What Peter saw in the eyes of the Lord, however, would not have been hatred or anger, but no doubt sadness and grief. See, Jesus is fully God, yet he's fully man, and he would have certainly been crushed by Peter's denial. No doubt, that that brief look, Peter caught his breath, remembered the prophecy of his denial, and he was immediately overwhelmed with guilt and sadness. Luke writes here in verse 62 that he went out and wept bitterly. You could translate that. He sobbed uncontrollably. Now, you might expect never to hear of Peter again, but there is one final principle to learn here. Here it is. Great failure can be followed by gracious forgiveness. Do you think that you've sinned too greatly for Jesus to forgive you? Have you disappointed your Lord to the point that you think he he doesn't love you anymore? He'd rather cast you aside. Well, let me remind you that after Jesus arose from the dead, Mark's gospel account records in chapter 16 that an angel tells the women who've arrived to anoint the Lord's body, he's not here, he's risen. And then the women are instructed here in verse 7, go Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Now, why mention Peter specifically? Well, I think it's because he was the one disciple who thought Jesus would never want to see him again. The Lord is letting him know ahead of time that that he was forgiven. He'd seen those tears and that repentance. By the way, the same goes for you, beloved. If you've failed the Lord in some way, your failure is never fatal. He's willing to forgive you and restore you with open arms. Well, until we set sail again, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
That was a lesson Stephen called The Rooster Crowed Twice here on The Wisdom Journey. The Wisdom Journey is produced by Wisdom International. You can learn more about us and the work we do at wisdomonline.org. Our mission is to make disciples of the nations and to edify followers of Jesus Christ. We want to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means, and apply it to your life. That website is filled with resources that will help you. If you're not a Christian, you can learn who Jesus claims to be and the offer of salvation he makes you. If you are a Christian, you can grow in your faith and in your understanding of God's Word. Explore our biblically faithful resources at wisdomonline.org. Then join us next time on this wisdom journey 